electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer. David Faber's back on the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, big day, Powell at Brookings, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. That's the headliner. Uh, lots of data, including a softer ADP, slightly hotter revised GDP, and, of course, final day of November today. Our roadmap begins with the uh, Fed expectations. Investors reading tea leaves from the Fed chair about whether the Fed will slow rate hikes. Plus, China continues to ease some of its COVID lockdowns. We'll have the latest on a potential off-ramp strategy for that zero-COVID policy. And DoorDash is cutting more than 1,000 jobs. CEO Tony Hsu admitting that, quote, growth has tapered. Let's begin with the markets awaiting the Fed chair's uh, speech later this afternoon, Jim. It's going to be uh, the beginning of the Fed blackout window as we right. await the next meeting. Uh, general consensus is still play it hawkish? Or yeah, no? well, look, that GDP number certainly gives them every single reason to be able to say, I can be hawkish. I mean, we're going to have a soft landing. That still uh, gives you a lot of room. Uh, things are still okay. We're just seeing layoffs now. I mean, I think if I were him, I'd say, you know, we still got still have room to run. We still have a lot of companies that are admitting that there are are uh, supply chain problems. Also, a lot of companies that, uh, David, are where the wage, wages are uh, going higher. And that's really not the plan for Fed Chairman Powell. Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, you've said for some time they want wages, right. not lower, but they certainly stable. want them to. They right. really want them stable. And where are you seeing signs of wages going higher? Oh, I just see it. Uh, I was going over the truckers, the railroads right in our face. You know, they really want more. Obviously, the railroad companies don't think so. There'll be a 1992-like resolution, I think, but not before we start hearing that their numbers have to be higher just in the face of the Fed. But they don't care. No one cares. But uh, the only place with their, David, there is uh, pricing pressure is if you're an enterprise software. Good luck. That has been a difficult area. Yeah. And then, of course, in delivery, Tony Sue. Tony, you know, DoorDash is going for profitability. Well, I'm laying off uh, 1,250 employees. That's about 6%. Yesterday, Jim, it was AMC Networks, 20%. Uh, H&M today, 1,500 jobs. Right, so we're starting to get it. Now, I mean, at a certain point, I think that what... There are a couple of things I think they really want to see. They, they, I'm, they're not hoping that anybody gets laid off. They just want stability, okay? But I also think that any speculation... I mean, I saw today the crypto's up. That could be in advance of this uh, Sam Bankman-Fried foolish interview that he's giving to Andrew. I hope he's, I thought he was lawyered up. My advice to him is get a lawyer, but not before you ruin your different action with Andrew. But I, I think they want crypto crushed too. NFT, crypto. Now, they don't say that. See, because Jay Powell's a gent. He doesn't come out and say, listen, I want all you people who are buying this stuff to realize that it's phony, but it would help the cause very much, very much, Carl, if crypto would go black, you know, I don't know, say we blow 4,000. Four? four I mean, we yeah. saw a lot of technicians talk about uh, 12, 13, well, they're, yeah. production Who are they costs. owned by? Tom Brady? I mean, give me a break. The Fed, Fed doesn't like this stuff. Fed doesn't like it. I mean, like, this is sourcing. They think crypto? Really? 
I saw some people last night who are all worth more than $10 billion, which is a lot of money. You did? Yeah. Were you at a secret billionaires meeting of some kind? Hey, it was, it was like probably, eyes wide shut thing? Uh, yeah, or what's going on? Tell us about that. If I told that. you more about it, I'd be killed. Um, but no, I mean, they were all like laughing at crypto and just talking about the Munger view. The Munger view. You know the Munger view? I do. Well, that's now become very much a vote. Yeah, like well, that. to his credit, he didn't change his view throughout. Um, back to uh, DoorDash for a moment, which we saw the stock of yeah. which is up. I mean, the CEO does say, you know, we were not as rigorous as we should have been in managing our team growth. That's on me. What do you think? And that so was... operating expenses grew more quickly or grew quickly. Wasn't that the story, though, of the 2021 expansion? I mean, this is a COVID company. Right. Tony had no discipline. Tony's a very disciplined guy. Clearly, this is a very fall on the sword note. You think? And yet, it is, we, but it's being responded to okay, potentially you, positively in the market. I'll tell you when, this, when, when Powell's going to be happy. When you fire people and your stock goes down because it means you're in trouble. Like Carvana. I don't think Carvana's having the vending machine success that we thought they would. Well, we got a fresh downgrade today. Uh, Did you hear the um, Unbelievably goes to neutral, uh, yeah. likely to run out of cash by the end of 23. Yeah, David pointed out to me uh, that potential, where did you say it might go to? It's just in the report. It says zero. Well, that's a, could, yep. that's suboptimal. Either, either, either zero, zero no or several times its current price is well, B of A's view. I, when I think of something, as a, the, the first time I've me, seen Jim. a zero price target in a long time. I saw a lot oh, of zero price targets in 2001. The B of A one. Yeah, they're yeah. zero. Their target's Average 10. Zero. Right. Yeah, but, but they say that could be um, significant likelihood. likelihood. The equity yeah. value falls to zero. Significant likelihood. Now, I would say that, that when you think that if you own a stock in the in Bank of America, which I legitimate firm as far as I'm concerned, says that it, likely that they fall to zero, that's not a bottom fish situation. And I like to fish. It, it, no, I like, I like to fish for flounder. They're going to be worth more than this. Some call them fluke. It would be a fluke if this thing doesn't end there. It becomes more and more difficult to raise capital. You think so? Yeah. I mean, we've seen it with, you know we've seen it with Credit Suisse as well, which you know, I've been following for weeks now. The stock continues to fall. That, thing falls that does not stone. help your efforts to shore up the balance sheet, get the company ready this for, a, uh, for right a major restructuring. Yeah, it's 321. Is it too early to buy? It may be. Uh, the rights offering not getting signed up for now. They backstop the rights offering, but... Even though you can buy, you can buy the right to buy stock at a lower price than this. You still got to put the money out. A lot of people don't want to do that. Um, this is Credit Suisse we're talking about. This is a firm I almost went to work for. I mean, it's like a real firm. Yeah. And stocks down sixty-five percent. Yeah. Um, it's, again, we just we keep an eye on it because to the point you're making with. Carvana, in a way, it just becomes much more well, difficult these are in an environment I mean, where the stock you know, continues to go like, down, and you're gonna, what are you gonna, how much dilution can your shareholder base withstand? Right. And, and look, the people work at these places, and I'm not, not trying to be too glib, but Carl, it's starting to happen. And you know, when you get ten of these, and you get crypto, where Fed, the Chairman Powell wants it, it's not, you're not going to get that GDP number. Then he's going to have to say, you know what, we're going to have to do 25s. Not to slow down the pace. Well, uh, or there's the. The other view uh, from the likes of Elon Musk at four o'clock this morning, which is that the Fed's got to cut now. He's made a series of ill-advised decisions and statements over the last two or three months. And I I really think that um, that was one of the more ill-advised. David, I'm no longer thinking that he's necessarily the call when it comes to since he decided since he bought Twitter. He's become a little more rational erratic. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm somewhat left to speechless by some of his. I right. don't really know what it, there is to share. I mean, Elon Musk is, again, the most consequential businessman on the planet. We have to follow him extremely More than closely. batting down business? Of course he is, because he, he controls Tesla and SpaceX, these two incredibly important companies. And now he controls Twitter as well, which, while a private company like SpaceX, uh, has enormous impact. So, yes, I think there's no doubt about that. But, my, I mean, as somebody who is also awake typically at 4 a.m., no, I 3.30 today. Okay. Is there any advice you might share with him about choosing to tweet at that time? I think he should stop tweeting. He should be much more interested in the back office of tweeting, making sure it's still alive. Well, we, we cover Jeff Bezos saying batten down the hatches. Oh, we uh, cover Diamond talking about economic hurricanes. Yeah, I am so worried about the rich people. Think about all the rich people we just mentioned. It concentrated. They, Bezos is telling us. I mean, after he's made a couple billion, now he's got to close the door on us, right? How about the people watching the show trying to make a couple of, couple of uh, uh, smackers, but they hear from the people who are billionaires say, listen, you know, you're done. Forget it. All right. But just to Musk's point here. What? Uh, you think otherwise. You don't well, believe okay, that we the have, Fed we have should reverse call, course. We have what I call rampant inflation in a lot of places. Uh, and I just don't think that just because I just spent $44 billion on something that is just just worth about 15 that I, I, I probably would be upset too. I probably would literally, like let's say you bought a present for your wife for $440 and you saw it down on Canal Street for $150. Wouldn't you feel like an idiot? Uh, actually, the same thing or a rip-off? During the harder days, I bought my wife some Kate Spade bags down there. I mean, if you're going to do that, you may as well go a little higher in than Kate Spade. Well, I'm just trying to make an analogy to people watching the show because she went $44 billion to that guy. is kind of like 440 for a lot of our people who are watching the show for holiday Go for like the Birkin bag fake thing. The Birkin bag is a scam. That's worse than, that's worse than the NFT. I, I did not expect to be talking uh, uh, purses and handbags. Well, I, I, I'm just using it to F that yeah. NFT. Now, there are a lot of rich people who are in NFT, and they have to make a stand. Rich people do not go away that easily, right? They got to advertise. That's why we don't have a bug for NFT for voting Picasso paintings. But they have no choice. There's a stand being made right now on, on crypto. And they, we keep getting these stands. What's interesting about the stands, they're being made. You don't really know whether you have anything in your account. I bank at J.P. Morgan, and when I check on Monday, it's actually what I have. When you check at BlockFi, have you tried to figure out what you have? Have you tried that? Well, I haven't had to because I have nothing there, nor do I have any. Such a smart. When you try DraftKings, they're better. You know, DraftKings better back than yeah. BlockFi because it's right there. Yeah. As for the markets, um, Mike Wilson on Fast last night reiterating the view that you could see a potential drawdown of 20-plus percent in the f- first few months of next year. Here's what he said. It's about the path. Right? I mean, nobody cares about what's going to happen in 12 months. They, they need to deal with the next three to six months. And that's where we actually think there's significant downside. So while 3,900 sounds like, oh, that sounds like a really boring uh, six months. No, this is going to be challenging. It's, a wild ride. it's going to be a wild ride. You should expect a S&P between 3,000 and 3,300 sometime in probably the first four months of the year. That's when we think the deceleration on the revisions on the earnings side will kind of reach its crescendo. Not the first time he said that. No, but that's the 5% solution. You, know, you get the 5% Fed funds, he wins. He wins down, down a thousand points from here on the S&P potentially on 5%. <clears throat> what, what are you going to stay in a stock? You think our people watching home CD versus stock, right? 
CG versus CrowdStrike. What do you think? C versus NCAT. All right, well, we've already seen that playing out. Yeah, but I'm saying that it's, that's the, I'm talking about what Wilson could be right on. I don't think he's going to be right on earnings. There's too many companies doing well. I think he's going to be right on the competition to stocks, Carl, which is 5% is just a home run. Yeah. Uh, J.P. Morgan this morning pointed out, remember Jackson Hole and Powell gave that speech? Absolutely. We that, was the, that was racing for that. We, Fed that funds was, was at two and a quarter back then. No, you, that's when you should have sold everything that had anything to do with cloud. Anything. Even like meatballs. Remember meatball tin. Remember that book? You Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Your kids. I read that Did many you read times. That to them? Many times. You're a good dad. I was. I am. What do you I mean was? Was. Yeah. Was. <laughs> well, they were little then. Dad? No, I'm trying really hard to still be a good dad, but they're they're really big now. <laughs> they make interesting decisions. When we come back, uh, we'll deal a live report from Beijing on these protests surrounding uh, China's zero COVID policy and now the country potentially looking for an off-ramp. Take a look at futures here as we wrap up this uh, final day uh, of November. Markets looking for their first back-to-back monthly gains so far this year. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Protests in China erupting again over the country's zero COVID policy. Our Eunice Yoon is on the ground in Beijing with the latest and several moving pieces today, Eunice. Yeah, that's right, Carl. Uh, The export hub of Guangzhou announced today that it's going to lift most of its lockdowns. And this is after videos emerged online that appeared to show uh, clashes that had turned quite violent between residents and the authorities because of the zero COVID controls. Now, the mood among uh, protesters as well as the, the public at large will likely be affected by another major political development here, and that is the death of former President Jiang Zemin. A state media today reported that Jiang, who oversaw the country in the 1990s and the early 2000s, uh, died in Shanghai at the age of 96 because of leukemia and organ failure. Under his watch, uh, China entered the WTO. Uh, Hong Kong was successfully handed over from the UK to China. And also uh, big multinational companies like GM, McDonald's uh, entered China, uh, which was in the period of tremendous economic transformation and opening up. Now, in light of the COVID protests, uh, there are many who are already making comparisons with the uh, Tiananmen Square uh, protests in 1989, because for those protests, um, they were sparked by memorials of the death of another major senior political uh, leader in Chinese politics, uh, a man named Hu Yaobang. So that man was beloved 
by Chinese reformers. And what uh, investors should really be watching for now is whether or not we see public gatherings and vigils uh, for Jiang Zemin, which could potentially become um, a, a part of a, a larger protest movement, and what this all means for the power of President Xi Jinping. Already, uh, we are seeing signs that the uh, leadership is quite skittish. Uh, any comments right now among ordinary Chinese are being blocked on the internet. Guys? Eunice, isn't it kind of a leap to go from uh, the People's Congress, the video we saw, the cons consolidation of power by Xi just a few weeks ago, now to an idea where they're going to be nostalgic for the 90s and the reopening and WTO? No, I mean, I think that, you know, it's, it's interesting because Jiang Zemin um, is, is actually viewed here as a political conservative. So he's not like um, that man that I mentioned, uh, Hu Yaobang, who was seen as a, a big reformer. Uh, but at the same time, he represents a happier time in China, a poorer time in China, but still a happier time. So there is a risk that he could be seen as a symbol of um, a better time when China didn't have to deal with all of these COVID controls. Um, also, there's another debate, though, that is the kind of the counter debate that um, perhaps um, with Jiang Zemin gone, that President Xi could consolidate power even more since Jiang was well, part of a different faction. Well, Eunice, I'm reminded of what happened in Russia in Afghanistan. You had a totalitarian state. And at a certain point, the mother said no more. And that was the end of Afghanistan, uh, at the end of the foray by the Russians. I often think that in China, when the elderly say no more, that uh, President Xi won't cross them. This is not students. This is not regular every day. This is the elderly. And they're a different status. Could that be happening? Um, you mean the, the elderly among the, the elderly population of China? Do you yes. Mean? Or the, do you mean the, the elderly? He the president Xi cannot. The president Xi cannot buck the elderly. If the elderly are against him, then they are the divisions against him, and that's who he's got. I mean, he's not worried about this political dissent, but he is worried that the elderly return on him. And I think he has to come up with a solution. Right, but it isn't. It isn't very obvious that the elderly are on mass against President Xi. Um, if anything, it could be the opposite because we still a lot we see a lot of elderly people in the rural areas. It's very difficult to know um, whether or not people in the rural areas are even against zero COVID. Um, but most of the people who are, are speaking out um, appear to be in the major cities and also appear to be young people who um, don't like living this way, who um, you know had had seen things opening up, um, have been living a certain lifestyle. Um, which um, could would um, mimic the West and um, maybe want a big change. Well, I don't think he cares much about them as much as he cares about the elderly. If the elderly are on board, then I guess we're, you know, he's, he's got it. Yeah. Uh, we call them tea leaves for a reason. They're hard to read. Uh, Eunice, we'll talk more this morning. Appreciate it, as always, our Eunice Yoon in Beijing. When we come back on Kramer's Mad Dash, we'll count down to the opening bell. A lot of pieces to the puzzle today between Powell, the data, obviously the names at Dealbook this afternoon. We'll get to all of it in a moment. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.
All right, let's get to a mad dash. We uh, start trading here in seven minutes, what we like to call hump day, of course. Uh, let's get to Biogen because, you know, there'd been some news out about what had been, we originally thought, a promising development right. in terms of Alzheimer's. And then we had the deaths. And then there were a couple of deaths, but now, better news. Yeah, JP Morgan, first of all, says uh, on deaths, this is a, a study they released. Correct. It uh, does not appear to be a direct link to the Biogen drug. And David, the results are consistent with the positive headlines results from the trial. Now, this would, of course, be one of the biggest drugs of all time because you'd have to be on it consistently and take it for a very long time. Whether the government will pay for it, we don't know. We're talking here, of course, about a treatment that would at least slow, slow the progression yeah. of Alzheimer's. Which, I mean, now, there are a lot of people, in the, I mean, I do, I'm, speak, I'm doing the American Brain Foundation gala, and I work with the American Migraine Foundation. A lot of people feel that we don't really know how long it extends your protection. Right. But obviously, the beginning of the end may be of Alzheimer's. Very, very long. Could be beginning. a very significant development. But now, I, but, by the way, we've been down this road before with Biogen. Many people were burned. Aduhelm, I believe, is the drug yeah. which came on the market, did not get much support. The, very controversial, okay from the FDA right. that many doctors look to scans at. And a lot, look, the doctors I talk to say, this is one where you don't just start popping pills. You got to start taking it. If you have someone in your family with Alzheimer's, maybe you got to start at 40, maybe start at 35. And will the government pay for it? We don't know. But the fact is, let's not get ahead of ourselves. The numbers last night were good. And that's what matters. And that verifies this move. Right. That's the original move when we got data from this trial. Right. And the, the full trial. That was just the other day night. before we had any real oh, information. Was, that was, this was the uh, deaths maybe linked. And then now right. we're and now we're up again because yeah. the actual trial results themselves, again, we're getting a closer look. Exactly. Were good. Exactly. Okay. And, you know, this is one where uh, there's just tremendous interest on Wall Street. Yeah. Well, as you say, it could be a very expensive drug. It could bankrupt the government, but it also could. Well, I mean positively impact millions and millions of lives. David, the government is not Carvana, okay? No, we can just print money. Exactly yeah. right. Carvana yeah. cannot print money. That I know of. All right, we got a lot more for you, including an opening bell that's just a few minutes away. By the way, remember, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. We've talked a fair amount last couple of weeks about uh, Apple and more recently about uh, scrutiny regarding the App Store, uh, specifically from Elon Musk. Today it's Daniel Ek uh, of Spotify who says Apple offers consumers, Jim, the illusion of choice, uh, gives developers the illusion of control, rails against what he's calling anti-competitive behavior and has for a while, also pointing that there's uh, momentum in his view politically to do something about this. Well, okay, so I have my Apple file for today. And I come, oh, by the way, bear cutting estimates, thank you, Melissa Lee, for putting that very early on Twitter. I come back and say, here's the Apple line. Google wants to do it, go ahead, the Google store. If Mark Zuckerberg wants to do it, do the, um, I don't know, Instagram store. Apple's not stopping anyone from doing a store. And that's the argument that will be compelling in, in Washington when uh, Tim Cook goes, which is, you know what? We're open to anyone doing a store. So why I mean, Wait, you Sears you, you got to have a phone to do a store. Now, Google does have a phone, but I mean, they don't have a phone with billions of users. Do you think that Apple is like saying, you know what, we're not going to allow anybody else to have a store? Anyone who wants to can have a store. You and I could have a store. The you know, store doesn't mean like, anything without the phone. No, no, no. I, no the it, installed base. There are so... Apple's not the majority phone company. Samsung could have a store. 
who literally wants lower prices from Apple. And you know what? Good luck. Start your own darn store. <laughs> and build your own phone. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. You keep Apple's saying start your own store. You mean build your own enormous worldwide it, it, okay. ecosystem. Right, so let's have Apple give money to a new store that is owned by the people. Okay, the people. Yeah, United will never be defeated. Apple's not going to authorize them to use iOS. What is Apple supposed to do? You know what? We're not going to, we're going to create a new store with the FTC. No, that doesn't work for the FTC. What are they supposed to do? They have a great store. They're not saying nobody else. I mean, this is really when you talk to Apple. I mean, they say, listen, what are we going to do? We have a great store. Right, but the developers say 30% on the, fir- on the first year subscription and that's 15% thereafter is just too high. 30% something is better than nothing at all. Okay? We had this discussion yesterday yeah, regarding well, he wasn't your experience. He was busy working I'm on sure Disney. I'm sure he was watching, yes. He's working on a di- I, I was watching yeah. a lot yesterday. I was sitting in bed just watching you guys. <laughs> You're excellent. That's a job for you. I want to sit in bed and watch. How much do you pay you to sit in bed and watch the show? It'll be your turn next. Uh, there's no, the don't opening say bell. That. Don't yeah, you don't want to be sick. No, I don't. No, I no. Don't. And uh, the new rules, by the way, I think everybody in America knows. If someone, you know, unfortunately, is on Knockwood, but get sick, stay home. That's the thing. I mean, just stay home. I didn't take a sick day for 15 years. I've I, taken four this year. I tested. Four. I tested every day because of you and I. I didn't even see you. I, I, didn't. I didn't have COVID. I, I told Regina Gilgan, I said, I can man I COVID. I want more of those Abbott tests because Abbott's stock is awful. <laughs> How about Medtronic stock? Have you seen some of these stocks? Do you want to mention who did the honors? Did we already do that, or did we move on? Um, There's a bunch of names, Jim, we haven't gotten to. Intuit, HP, Workday, NTAP. Okay, of those, uh, HP was excellent. Some of that was component cost lower. Workday was extraordinarily good with an amazing outlook and a buyback. Uh, And Neil Bushwick doing the the famous pivot that you have to have. That's what I think they want to do with DoorDash. Intuit was an admit that perhaps uh, Credit Karma is losing its karma. And yes, they Krause, talked about, yeah, degrading uh, yeah, fundamentals across verticals. Yeah, I mean, that's, that was just a tough one. Not good. That could be further uh, cuts from Intuit going forward. And CrowdStrike was just playing out disappointing. Although George, George Kurtz did say, look, the big deals are not are okay. It's a small to medium-sized business. But you, you got as soon as you see elongated cycles, macro headwinds, when you start seeing that C-suite takes longer. CrowdStrike's a disaster, sell. man. The stock's losing a, you know, a fifth of its value. I'm a diplomat! Uh, it was really the, the revisiting annual revenue expectations that, really that disapp- hurt it for 20 years. David's right. It was disappointing. I mean, I, I, it was disappointing. It was bad. Okay, what I'm saying their sighting of the They're, macroeconomic environment is being seen as, well, could you say almost a positive by some who, know, again, well, pa- ascribe to your had view. had a good economic environment. How is it possible that Palo Alto had an excellent economic environment and CrowdStrike didn't? You know? So are you calling out CrowdStrike yes, for I not am. being completely no, honest saying, here about no, what actually, was the reason no, for the shortfall? No, let me be more specific. Because that, no, because George Kurtz is an incredibly honest guy. What he's saying is... Not to worry, but we have this. And I think, therefore, another guy down is probably in the cards, even though he didn't guide them. Morgan said, Stanley's still on board. They say buy the dip. If you want to call that a dip, dip, I call that more of a Buy the Marianas Trench. Go yeah. down there with your with your gear. Buy on weakness. Three-fifths of the world is As covered es- in water. Estimates now appropriately de-risk for macro That's and so positioning. Untrue. That's just untrue. Because when he guides down the next quarter, and I believe he will, then you can be even more de-risked. So wait, you know what? what? Zoom is de-risked at 120. So what's de-risk the- is, we're going to ban that term, de-risk. Ain't nothing de-risk. 
Well, Stiefel cuts to hold. Uh, yeah, they go to 120. Good. That was good. Yep. Ain't nothing but the real de-risk, baby. Um, all right, but, but then your point uh, with Palo Alto, which has been doing well, they, they is... They did the pivot. Uh, Nikesh Aurora decided, you know what, it's time to make money. We can have profitable growth, uh, and he's been doing it. Now, the stock's going to be brought down by CrowdStrike, but I think Nikesh Aurora is doing better. And the fact that that stock was down $8 at six fifteen, and it's now only down 3 is a recognition that Nikesh Aurora's, if you go back to reading his quarter, he actually did not have these issues. I'm not saying George Kirsch is disingenuous at all. Okay. I'm saying that the small, medium-sized business could spread to, to, uh, to larger and that I, therefore, am more cautious than the I think that's were. the important distinction. Small that's and medium-sized businesses being a key part of their customer base, yes. not as much for Palo Alto. No, Palo Alto is mostly large enterprise. Right. Now, but again, George Kurtz, he's totally in the up and up. The problem is, David, when you have a stock, okay, when you have a stock that's valued at a, a, a time sales multiple, you're going to get this kind of pressure. Yeah. These stocks are valued at time sales. Carl, they're still valued at time sales, not, not earnings. That game ended. It ended at Jackson Hole, okay? It just ended. It ended in November and they, of last year, and yet people continue to play it. And I don't understand. I come out every night and I say, unless a guy said this since November, if the company doesn't make things, do stuff, out of profit, and return capital, avoid it, period. I've been saying it since the November pivot of last year, and so far, I'm hated even more than I was, which is stand-up. Um, guys in the world of M&A, we got some news late yesterday. Uh, I think the Journal first reported interest uh, in a, um, a company called Horizon Therapeutics. They're, I guess you'd call it, it's rare disease. They have a multi-billion dollar uh, drug, though, in fact, uh, Estimates that it could peak as much as $4 billion is for thyroid eye disease. It needs to be infused. It's actually so the drug is marketed to your ophthalmologist. Um, it's not a gene therapy or anything like that, but uh, it is a rare disease drug, so to speak. And by the way, we've seen a lot of consolidation in, in both either oncology or rare disease over the last, let's call it, 18 months. Um, the belief being when it comes to rare disease, perhaps it's not quite as problematic to get reimbursement uh, from insurers. Uh, in this case, uh, there seem to be three interested parties. What I have uh, heard as well is, as you might expect, they went out to even more than that. So it does appear to be an auction, essentially. The company saying, hey, let's see who's out there. Unclear what motivated that, whether there was a letter sent initially that then, said, that then they said, well, let's check and see uh, what will happen very much unclear what will happen from here. Remember, this is Irish takeover law, very similar to UK takeover law, which means, A, when there's any report, they need to come out and say whether it's true or not, and so they have. So this is now in the public realm. We know three companies that they at least have had some conversations with, Amgen, Sanofi, J&J. Uh, and January 10th is now the date at which one or all need to come up with some sort of actual um, firm intention to make an offer or else you kind of go in your timeout period. So we'll keep an eye on it. It'd be a very large deal. Um, this is not a small company. We're talking well over $20 billion. Let, you know, uh, people make their decisions there in terms of what this company is worth. But clearly seems to have been in, in auction mode, guys. And again, an area that we have seen a lot of interest in being rare disease. Um, 
where there are certain benefits, as I mentioned, including perhaps less reimbursement issues, not as, uh, not as dependent on a large sales force. Remember, pe- remember Genzyme? That was kind sure. of the first of oh them to go. Oh, my God, Genzyme. Yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh, is that data? Um, but again, Austin Carl speaks to the fact that you asked me last week, there is a, there is a beat to, to M&A right now. There is perhaps more than we might have anticipated. Uh, we'll see whether they get to the finish line here. Right. Yeah, J&J's mentioned because of the Abumed. Now, I got to tell you, that's device. I'm yeah, this is sure. different. This is the yeah, pharmacy. Yeah, I'm not sure that J&J's just going to decide, okay, that's, that's going right. to get our growth better. Yep. I mean, their pharma is spectacular. Remember, they're doing the split up. Um, guys, we spent a lot of time talking about Disney. I've been here the last couple of days, but I know, you know, Iger's Town Hall came up. Uh, 10Ks out from the company, been waiting. It okay. typically does come out right around Thanksgiving, the annual report. Um, not much in there per se, but I did do a search for the word restructuring. It's in there 32 times. Um, so I think it's just fair to say there's a lot to come here on Disney, including the restructuring, change in business strategy once determined could result in impairment charges. Uh, and, and there you have it. So. Uh, that's kind of the key here, takeaway in part. Did we don't re- know what Bob Iger is going to do here, specific to said restructuring, but, uh, but it comes up an awful lot. Uh, and by the way, restructuring impairment charges in fiscal 2022 were 200 million. Um, but again, um, there is an expectation there's a lot more to come. Now, did you um, see yesterday, the other day, that uh, Bob Iger had seen Hamilton and he was reflecting on Hamilton? The show. What about it? Well, it turns out that there's a man by the name of Hamilton Faber at Atlant- Atlantic Equities who says no easy fix. Stay oh, yeah. The Atlantic hit. notes, fascinating. Yeah. They talk about uh, discounting at the parks, at least just at the Star Wars hotels. This Faber down, fellow. Reset. Hamilton Faber. It's like Faber College, I think. It's not Hamilton yet. Faber. Uh, but, it, you know, talking about a reset, which is what I think that Iger has no. to do. He has to know that to say, okay, look, we are going to start from ground zero. Right. We're going to stop with this whole... Um, what we're trying to do with the plus, we're going to reevaluate ESPN. We're going to take a look at what they have to do M&A. Maybe they have to sell some things, but it is clearly tabula rasa. And this, I think this Hamilton Faber piece is excellent. What? <laughs> Ham Faber? What's better? No, I notice it's a London uh, interchange there. Faber well, is a, you know, Faber and Faber was T.S. Eliot's I, publisher. I, Maybe he's yeah, a this wow. guy. Yeah. Do you know, um, I don't think we should make it fun of a guy's name, Hamilton No, Faber. no, no, no. No, I just don't know anybody in the family with that name. So, you know, I was just, oh, I, just yeah, thrown for a minute. Not. Doesn't sound like we're in the same branch there. Um, I say nothing. Uh, on Pelts and Disney. Oh. That continues. I don't know exactly what Nelson's after. Told he's well, going to go up to a billion dollars in stock. No, he has a billion. He has a billion already. A billion in stock, and I think would like very much... Uh, uh, I think, I think it'd be interesting if he got on the board. What is it he'd want to share? What expertise on the board would he want to share? So that there'd be more accountability per division, uh, a la what he did with Proctor, or what he helped uh, David Taylor do with Proctor. He can come in and be a tra- change agent because he can also be a, a guy who says, Listen, no, no to this. This has to cut. And people can say, well, I guess we'll let him be the hatchet man. Nelson hmm. Pels can be the hatchet man. Anyway, that's not done with. We'll see how that develops. Okay, him. 
As we go to break, uh, let's get a look at bonds this morning. They've been around the block a couple times so far today, uh, largely on the heels of that weaker than expected ADP number. At 127, we were looking for 200 prior to 39, uh, but then resumed some strength on the back of revised GDP and a little bit hotter than expected consumption and core PCE numbers for Q3. We'll be right back. Rick Santelli here with breaking news. Our November read on Chicago PMI. Are we going to have our third number below 50? Indeed, 37.2. Not only is it our third number below 50, it's our first number below 40. And this is the lowest level going back to 32.1 in May of 2020. That was the low due to COVID. So this number is a huge disappointment. 45.2 in the rearview mirror. And if we consider the previous data was a bit better than expected, this probably puts it back down to three and three quarters with regard to tens. So we'll have jolts and pending home sales to go and squawk on the street will return after a short break. I think we can make a lot of progress in um, the labor market just on the hiring, hiring intention side, right. job opening side, I don't think it's necessary to see very substantial layoffs. The tech sector is special. They have been hit um, in a slowing economy, declining ad revenue, and then of course they um, benefited massively from the boom in technology during the pandemic. So I think there are some right. special factors that are affecting that sector. But the U.S. economy is slowing down, but it's, it's operating at a very healthy level. That's the Treasury Secretary a few moments ago at the DealBook Summit offering her take on the labor market, Jim. She also says uh, she looks forward to remaining as Treasury Secretary. There are national security risks regarding TikTok and that U.S. companies should consider the risk of China moving on Taiwan. Uh, as they do business there. Well, they, sh they should at all times. I, I agree with her on everything, um, except for the fact that her ill-advised three-pack a day cigarette habit. <laughs> Smoked three packs a day until 76? Me... Yeah, that actually June 26, 1976. The well, last pack of cigarettes I ever smoked. She says you threw them in a dumpster at Kennedy Airport, never smoked again. But she did smoke three packs a day for a while. Ill-advised. That's 60 cigarettes. That's, that's hardcore. <laughs> I mean, I, I've always suspected her. But if I guess I had known her in 1975, I would probably think different. She was tough, man. <laughs> By the way, those comments about the, the labor market and the economy uh, came just as we got Chicago PMI, Jim, which was a 10-point well, uh, miss. Now, now, can I just say that when I see a number like that, it, it just shows you how hard it is to be Jay Powell. Because that is a non- a Mike Wilson non-Bullard number. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. That's like that's a clear recession number. So he's got his work cut out for him. The bonds did not move on that, which I think is interesting. We want to follow Andrew uh, Ross Sorkin's deal book all day uh, because there's obviously going to be news there. Because Andrew's our colleague, and he's fantastic. Uh, lineup's amazing. Andy Jassy, Zelensky, Larry Fink, uh, Hastings, Zuckerberg, and SBF. Wow. Which will be uh, maybe the one people pay the so most what, attention Biden to. Biden wouldn't go? I mean, what's with him? Wow. How about Justice Roberts? What a, Why is he uh, holding out? It's quite a lineup. And obviously ends, I believe, or Bankman-Fried is towards the end of the day. Oh, right? is it? Five o'clock, yeah. Talk about um, Obviously not in person. I think his lawyers right now are saying, you know what? Get another lawyer. We're resigning. You obviously can't control yourself. You and your 100 Gs, that's all you have. 
He did say he was down to the last, down batch, last batch of cash. He's, um, now, he should, be, he should smoke three packs a day. <laughs> Dow's down 50. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Morning, Bob. It's, uh, moving around on the economic data. So stocks rallied on the weaker GDP a little bit, then declined on, on uh, excuse me, the weaker uh, ADP, and then declined on the stronger AD, uh, GDP numbers and the GDP uh, chain price reports. Uh, so we're flattish right now. Dow's down's a little bit, but the S&P's only down two points. Risk on a little bit more apparent, and it's been that way really all week. If you take a look here today, uh, KWeb, the China stocks have just been moving. Uh, KWeb, that's crane shares, up 15% this week. Metals have been strong. It's another risk-on group. Cadley Woods Arc Innovation Fund's been doing well. Semis were positive right at the open and just turned negative, but uh, three out of four for risk-on isn't too bad. There's very interesting disparities going on in the market. There's a big disparity emerging between the bottoms-up analysts that are very optimistic on 2023 and most of the strategists that are out there. So the consensus right now for 2023, up about 5%. That'd be $231 for the S&P. But there are a lot of strategists way, way below this. Lori Calvacina at RBC is $199. Uh, Barclays is 207. Goldman's got 224. So, you know, $200, that's where we were in uh, 20, you know, 208 was what we were in 2021. So there's a big disparity here between uh, the uh, investment community that's out there. There's another big disparity. We talked about this. Carl mentioned this on Monday between oil and oil stocks. You know, usually oil and oil stocks, they directionally move in the same direction. But in the beginning a couple months ago, everything just diverged all of a sudden. So crude oil is down 40 percent from its 52-week highs. Energy stocks were at new highs, new highs. Just last week, it's now only 4% off of those highs. That's a little strange, that divergence. So there's a couple things going on. It's mostly around where people think oil is heading in 2023, because that's going to determine most of the profits here. So the bulls are saying that the supplies are going to remain tight. China demand is going to come back. OPEC production is going to be uh, is going to do production cuts if they need to. And the bears are saying, you know, we're facing an economic slowdown in 2023. It's going to slow down and there's going to be more supply available than people think. So the question is, who's right? The reason this is important is a lot of people are hiding in energy stocks, not just for the prices, but they are paying really big dividends these days, three, four, five percent. And many have instituted variable dividends where they have a fixed dividend. And then on top of that, they pay an additional dividend that's variable depending upon the cash flow. And some of these companies are doing variable dividends have really high yields right now, like Pioneer, Katera, Devon. Look at these these yields. The concern here is if the cash flow comes down because oil prices are down, this is not going to be like this. They're going to they're going to come down. They're going to keep reducing uh, what the, the amount that they're paying out because the cash flow is going to be smaller. We don't know if this is going to happen, but obviously that's a big concern that people uh, have out there. So I think the key point here is a lot of disparities out there are disagreements on where the market's going to be in 2023 on earnings and on the price of oil. Carl, back to you. Thanks, uh, Bob Pisani. Let's get to Jim and stop trading this morning. Curious piece out of City. They actually raised their price target forward 13 to 14. They're neutral on it. The reason I say this is because I like the autos very much. I think they're cheap. If you think there's no recession, boom, buy some Ford, which my charitable trust owns, and I think Jim Farley's doing a good job. So I like it. Also accelerating their Mach E production. Yes, they're sold out. You can't get anything from Ford. I noticed you have a... Yes, we have we have Hormel on tonight. Now, this is something I bought for David for Ham Faber. This is Figgy Pudding Spam, which I know... Ooh, I mean, Figgy I mean, pudding. talk about something that is right up David's alley. Although, I don't know, you, I might be from a different tribe. It's a limited edition. Of course. Uh, those things go like hotcakes. You can't oh, find wow. them. Wow. 
Yeah, let's just open some right now. And I'm, well, here's what I'm going to do, David. I'm going to do something you want to try. You don't need a you've special never, key? You just, you've never tried top? Oh. No, no. Here's what you, if oh. you want to know what good is, it's spam juice. Oh. <laughs> I cannot unsee that. Oh, my. Wow. Oh, my. Figgy pudding. Bring out the figgy pudding. Man. Oh, it just gets better with each one. What was that show Holy on cow, NBC where people would eat bugs? How about this with yeah. Mezcal? Yeah. How about yeah. this with Mezcal? That oh. is total fear factor right there, Jim. No, no. It's We've done new. this before, though, right? You've opened other yeah, Hornell spam. This is the best one. Jim Zucker's looking this to sign you up for a new edition. The, I did the Halloween, I mean, the, uh, you know, the pumpkin thing. This, David, is a game changer. So Hormel and Snow tonight. Oh, Snowflake. God. Snowflake. Salesforce. Salesforce. Oh, my. Oh, he's getting his tongue in there now. Oh, he's really like, yeah. don't let us get our That tastes just like figgy pudding like when I was growing up. Remember we had latkes and figgy pudding? Figgy, figgy pudding. Yeah, I don't remember that combination. <laughs> so yeah. give us some figgy pudding. Zoe, all the kids loved it at Forum. Nice, Rock of Ages and figgy pudding. <laughs> we'll see you tonight if you survive. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> Dow's down 90 points. Didn't know we were going to end the show like that. <laughs> Jolts after the break. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.